it. Hello, guys. Welcome to our Through Our Eyes podcast recording. Um, it's a podcast that aims to highlight marginalized voices um, and basically go more in depth into uh, individual stories um, and hopefully bring some education and light to various. Uh, um, I read arson there, and I just I, I no <laughs> bring bring light to topics that need to be discussed and need a, a little bit more attention on them and representation. We got there. We got there. We can edit that together. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you can edit that, right? <laughs> fine. Edit live. Edit live editing. Fine. Fine. Right. Um, this podcast is hosted by the lovely Paige and myself. Um, this has sparked from uh, Paige's love child um, of... Love child? Yeah. Yeah. Love child of, of, of streams highlighting marginalised topics that is every two months. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look, my brain is not doing well today. So Jack, would you like me to take the floor for a second? Yes, please do. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> this podcast came about out of an idea from the Through Our Eyes streams, which are hosted every two months by myself and usually a slew of co-hosts. The last one was a couple of weeks ago, which was an LGBTQIA plus special where we raised over £1,800 for the Mermaids Charity, who are a UK-based charity who seek to help and give information to gender non-conforming youth, trans youth, and their families. So that's amazing. And thank you, everyone, who helped us raise. It was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. We also announced our next stream, which is taking place in uh, May, end of May, which is a BIPOC special. Uh, so Black Indigenous People of Colour special, which is hosted by myself and five different uh, creators this time. So we have got uh, Wreck-It Raven, we have got Shiny Pen, we've got Atypical Queer, we have got uh, Papa Bear, and we have got Bendy Dinosaurs. They'll be coming and helping host each section as we look into BIPOC issues, how to be a better ally, how to be you know, a better friend, how to support people, what to do to create spaces, what to do when, you know, there are issues, what issues look like from the perspective of a BIPOC person, and successes, challenges, all the, all those things, all those things we cover every other time. So that's very exciting. We've started planning already, and we'll be going on through there. And that kind of leads on to what today's podcast is about. Yes, so today <clears throat> we have uh, Daydreamer Dan, to talk to us about uh, life as an Asian American and the rising prevalence of attacks against Asian people across the world. Obviously, this is a topic that has been very uh, uh, highlighted in the media recently. And during this stream, we will be uh, raising money for the Stop AAPI Hate um, uh, charity. So if you would like to help out um the link should be posted um quite often throughout the um uh, chat uh as we talk to dan so yes dan would you like to introduce Hello. yourself 
Yes, I would love to introduce myself. Uh, so hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Dan, aka Daydreamer Dan. Um, I am a Asian American uh, streamer who lives over on the West Coast of the US currently. Um, I was super, super thrilled to be invited onto the podcast. My computer, unfortunately, was not as thrilled as you guys can tell from the <laughs> lack of camera that's been happening. Uh, but I, I, I was uh, very, very excited to see every single, uh, to, to be invited onto the show and to potentially talk to all of you guys about everything that's been happening. It is a very emotional and very, very, uh, to a certain extent, like very, very personal kind of uh, situation and topic to talk about with me. Uh, so um, I'll try to be as uh, serious as possible, but I'll try to bring some lightheartedness as well and talk about my own experiences. And then of course, answer all the questions that I'm sure the community has sent along to you guys. Um, but yeah, just to talk a little bit more about like what I do is uh, I, I'm a variety streamer. I'm very, very community focused. I spend at least an hour every single stream. I think we've lost them for a moment. Dan, can you hear us? <laughs> oh, no. Well, then I shall introduce Dan. Dan is a fantastic uh, content creator who spends a lot of time chilling with their community. They used to do the blue sticker. We found yes, you. Hello. Yes, I do. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I can't do it live right now. But <laughs> right. Uh, I, would, I would love to. You can pull. We up lost a you for a moment. <laughs> oh, hello. Are we back? Yeah, yeah. we lost yeah, we you. Did. We lost you. Uh, around you spend oh. about an hour oh god gotcha. we, we want that. to yeah. try and fill in those blanks but probably <laughs> not the best uh... it's like a mad lib of some sort no uh, i spend an hour about uh, about an hour every uh stream chatting with my uh community and talking to them about uh like their days and stuff like that but i do like to play uh video games as well um the biggest thing i like to do during my stream though is make sure that everyone feels as welcomed as possible give them compliments uh as soon as they follow and then uh a quarter of everything that i make on twitch i actually end up donating towards the arc of king county which is a uh the arc is a nation or not nationwide uh it might be nationwide but it's at least uh, nationwide in the U.S. of that helps uh, those with mental and developmental disabilities have more uh, self-advocacy and uh, raises more um, resources for them as well. So, yep, and I raised that specifically uh, Washington in uh, the Seattle area. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, I saw a Twitter post from you recently about that, which is fantastic. You raised a fair amount. <laughs> which is really good really yeah, really yeah good. i i think uh for the year of 2020 i think we raised over six thousand dollars i can't remember how much it was but yeah wow. that's and that's just from uh yeah from twitch payouts and donations Damn. and stuff like that too yeah so really really awesome and really really proud of everybody for uh for giving giving in our community <laughs> and stuff like that well that's fantastic um as you can see the uh um there's a link to Dan's uh, Twitch in in the chat. Uh, so go give some love uh, while we get into the uh, the nitty gritty of this podcast. So uh, first question: We usually like to go over the lowdown of your individual story, what challenges you face as an individual, and um, generally what brought you here today. Gotcha. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so the uh, the original Through Our Eyes uh, event that was held by Paige, um, uh, wow, that must have been a few months ago now that I think about it. Uh, it's crazy how time just 
freaking flies by sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, the original uh, the original event when I was invited, um, I was very very glad that I was able to potentially have a chance to talk about uh, being an Asian American uh, streamer, uh, or at least an Asian American content creator on the internet. Um, there uh, until like recently, I would say that like there aren't that many Asian American role models, especially in kind of like the streaming community or like even, uh, you know, to kind of further it into like the the Western um, like entertainment kind of uh, industry that it makes it really hard sometimes to hear those kind of stories without it necessarily being through a certain kind of lens that may be a bit more skewed towards potential stereotypes or something like that. Um, so uh, being able to be invited here and talk about my experiences as uh, a second generation um, Asian American, um, my parents moved over to the US in their early 20s. And then so uh, for me to grow up pretty much my entire life here, and then have one aspect of life where I get to learn uh, you know, see it from like an American uh, growing up as in America, as well as seeing the immigrant perspective of like how my parents and how my grandparents um, deal with certain uh, issues and how they had to overcome certain obstacles because of everything that was happening. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming that was a big part of why I was invited. Um, uh, a part of the reason why I was able to meet Paige was because a video that I posted on Twitter that went over uh, this idea of being asked, like, what kind of Asian are you? Or like, what, like, yeah, exactly. Thank you for giving the uh, quotation marks so that I can show. But yeah, being asked what kind of Asian you are, and then a whole, uh, like, bringing up a whole bunch of other questions in a very humorous sort of way of, like, that are asked often towards Asian uh, Asian streamers of like, oh, like, what kind of Asian are you? Ooh, like, they try to drop words in, like, what they assume is, like, the tongue of like whatever ethnicity you are and then when it isn't the most appropriate time or the most um bringing up topics like that um so i kind of just made a lighthearted kind of video about uh, calling that kind of behavior out of like it isn't really that important of course like if you hang out in my community or if you chat for a little bit um you would be able to tell what kind of uh, like i talk about my experiences as a korean american uh but unfortunately like sometimes people just see that as like the only white or black of like oh i see an asian person on twitch let me ask them what kind of asian they are uh and then of course recently we, with the stop aapi stuff that's been happening um a lot of uh, Asian American hate, or Asian hate, I should just say, because it's not just limited to America, um, has been happening, and a whole bunch of events uh, of uh, Asian uh, Asian people across the world are being attacked to a certain extent. Um, and yeah, I remember early on in my Twitch career, uh, which was last year, when COVID started to pick up a little bit, um, I do remember incidences of people coming into my chat and trying to be like, oh like pretty much saying very very negative and just rude comments about how about covid and asking me if i had covid or if i was spreading covid and stuff like that uh very very disgusting very very gross um so <laughs> i was very very glad that we were able to that you were able to give me uh give me that invitation to come back onto the stream uh, onto this podcast to talk a little bit about my experiences and then to you know bring a ho hopefully a little bit more light about these experiences as well bro and uh we will say quickly just for anyone listening and for you dan as well if anything we talk about today is triggering or is concerning at all and you need to take a break, 
simply, if you're in the chat, feel free to just step away. Don't need to say anything. Just take time for yourself. Take a breather. Take a walk if you need to. And Dan, if you need to take a break at any point, that is absolutely fine as well. Because it's these are never fun conversations, as Drac and I always say, for things that we can talk about. You always get the gallows humour, and we always yeah. laugh, because you laugh or you cry. <laughs> and so we completely understand that it's going to be tough, and that you may joke about it, or you may need a minute, and that is absolutely cool with us as well. And same goes for chat. If you need to take time, you take time. Also, you can type um, exclamation mark need help in the yeah. chat um, for uh, resources um, if you are struggling um, at this current time from anything that is discussed. Um, yeah. Okay, um, so let's get more into what's been going on and just just initially to clarify where this is coming from uh why it's being popularized in the media um and has it always been this way or is it a case of new events uh, uh suddenly making this appear out of nowhere which i can guess the uh, answer to this one but uh... <laughs> whether it's an escalator yeah, or a common baseline yeah yeah, it's it's definitely just like what you said, um, it, an escalation. Um, so at, I'm, prejudice has always existed. Prejudice has and prejudice probably will continue to exist, even if we all continue working on it. And, you know, let's say magically if uh, let's say magically if racism were to just ex ex like ex or get erased tomorrow, um, all of the memories and all of the prejudice that we had um, would make that very difficult for something like that to happen. And oftentimes that's why you hear people who say like, you shouldn't say colorblind, because if you say colorblind, that's almost like erasing the experiences and, uh, you know, hardships that people may have gone through because of the color of their skin or the way that they look. Um, but just like you said, um, a lot of this hate has just been escalated and kind of uh, elevated by certain voices, uh, certain, you know, people with higher power talking about everything that has been happening regarding COVID. Um, I mean, even now, I'm sure you hear a lot of people who have that kind of voice calling COVID something along the lines of, and it, this might be a little bit like, like, but it's like calling it like the Asian, uh, like the Asian disease or the Asian or the Chinese uh, disease or something like that. Um, very, very disgusting terms to use just and very very generalized and obviously it invites a lot of this violence and a lot of this animosity towards people who are asian um i, I talked a little bit about those kinds of experiences when i first started on twitch which was like a year ago um uh, about a year ago actually now that i think about it because covid has caused what is it yeah it's been almost a year exactly uh, when uh, a lot of the uh, isolation started to happen in uh, the u.s um that's that's when I first started to hear a lot of those comments and a lot of those inappropriate uh, inappropriate messages about COVID specifically. But obviously before that, um, there's the whole idea of like the model minority of like uh, Asian Americans or Asian immigrants being seen in a completely different way than other people of color because they work so hard and they're so smart and you know they, they listen so well and they're so good at that. Why can't other people, why can't other immigrants be just like the Asian immigrants and stuff like that? Um, but and then of course positive racism of like you know thinking that every Asian must be smart or has to act a certain way or very studious or very 
kind of like that kind of idea, even uh, to a certain extent, the, like the fetish state. Uh, I don't know why I have a hard time saying that word fetish. I, I always feel everyone? like I'm about to say fetishini. I always feel like I'm already, but the fetishing, uh, the fetishization. People fetishization. <laughs> thank you, thank you, of Asian, God, uh, of uh, Asian men and women, which, uh, you know, whether it was from like early on to like even recently with like K-pop and stuff like that, of people seeing uh, people who are Asian or uh, Korean in my case, um, and then seeing them in a very fet fetishized way. God, that's really hard for me to say. You got, it's a terrible word <laughs> it, to say. It, it <laughs> took me a second. It took me a second. But um, yeah, so th that was a very long and drawn out way of saying, yes, this has been happening for a long time. Uh, maybe outright um, aggression and outright uh, violence towards Asian Americans may not have been as prevalent or as seen. Um, this sort of prejudice has been existing since pretty much I was a child. So have in your in your personal experience has it been mainly um in this like in the twitch community that you have experienced uh um this sort of uh, uh response or have you uh experienced it outside of the twitch verse too yeah are we specifically talking about the covid stuff and uh, um just in general everything? really um yeah oh, i mean covid yeah. as well obviously because we're trying to highlight the yeah, Why yeah it's definitely, definitely. but in general what have you experienced yeah completely understand and that um yeah so when it comes to uh the, the sort of asian american hate um one of my earliest experiences actually comes from uh elementary or uh, middle school when when i was really young it at the same time it's not explicit hate or anything like that but it was during lunchtime and i had some korean food that my grandparents made for me and i was eating it and i had a little uh what was it called like a little water bottle that my grandma filled up with some tea inside of it and um i was uh, having my korean food and then uh these group of kids who i didn't really know that well came up and they started telling me that my food stinked and like it, it didn't really smell good, and it was like, and they were like making fun of me because of how bad it was smelling. And then they saw the tea that I was drinking, and they were like, "Oh, is that pee? Are you like drinking pee with like your lunch and stuff like that?" And um, this is something that I talk about a lot uh, on my stream as well. But like, uh, this is a big reason why I uh, absolutely despise when people make fun of other people, specifically for the food, or like make fun of a food that could be a bit more cultural and stuff like that, um, because. Uh, these kids may have just been like trying to tease me about like something you know like kids being just little shitheads uh can i swear i should yes. have asked that before go for it <laughs> yeah okay gotcha uh, it's just been kids it could have just been kids trying to be little shitheads but um it, it went to a further extent of like them trying to make fun of like uh asian food and like asian culture to a certain extent and growing up um i that may not have been the only experience but it was one of my first experiences of like not feeling proud of being korean or not being proud of being asian and then as i kept growing up um it was a certain to a certain extent i felt like i wanted to not be seen as asian um and in high school uh i was complimented with quotation marks uh about being called the whitest asian that someone knew and i was like heck yeah that's awesome thanks so much because i did not see myself in a very very uh 
good light when it came to my ethnicity and uh, being called Asian or being seen as like a stereotypical Asian or something like that was something that I avoided like the plague because of the way that I saw that people treated um, uh, Asian Americans who may have been seen a bit more a bit more stereotypical uh, as such. Um, so yeah, it's been something that I grew up with and I've seen a lot in real life. Um, when a lot of these COVID uh, stories started to happen and then a lot of the AAPI stuff uh, started to happen, uh, it also helped remind me of times when my grandparents who are now in their 80s, um, but this was just, I think like five or six years ago, um, about two different stories of one where my grandma was at this stoplight um, and uh, she was going a bit slower um, because she's a grandma and she's trying to take her time. Um, and then these, uh, th there was a car full of these high schoolish, uh, high school age kind of boys who pulled up next to her and they all started yelling at her and like laughing at her um, and then trying and making fun of her driving skills. Um, obviously they brought up Asian stereotypes during that time. And then they started to follow her uh, back to our house as well until about like the last few turns. But like, it was for several blocks that they were following her and trying to make fun of her about this. And she was frightened. She was like, uh, she thought that she was going to be attacked. She thought that she was um, like, it, it she, she was scared. She was really, really scared. Um, and then there was another time where uh, my grandpa was at a, like, one, like just a store of some sort. I think it was a grocery store or something. Um, and he was confused because it was a busy grocery store and he tried to jump into a line and then accidentally cut uh, this man, uh, cut this man in line. And uh, he started like yelling at my grandpa. He, he was like upset and he was like, what the, f like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, like, get out of the way, like I was here first. And then my grandpa, because he doesn't really understand English super well um he saw that this man was upset and he just tried to smile and like nod along and like uh just kind of like move out of the way but he took that the other man took that as like my grandpa laughing at him and stuff like that and then he started to throw some slurs at him because of that and like um he was like really really upset with my grandpa and luckily I was able to step in and like tell them like whoa 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 hold on hold on like my grandpa's just confused I'm sorry like he doesn't understand what's happening um and we moved back to the line but like that was like an experience of mine of like just seeing how close and how frustrated people can get and sometimes how, um, incon like, I, I wanna say inconsiderate, but it might be a different word that I'm looking for, but just uh, unaware some people are of like uh, different experiences and how people may not necessarily understand English super well. And they're not, you know, trying to be uh, aggressive or um, rude in those states, uh, in, in, in those situations. Um, but yeah, that's, those are the biggest ones that I can think of off the top of my head when it comes to outside the Twitch universe. I'd like to um, uh, just uh, ask a bit more about, um, you said that you were um, referred to as uh, the whitest Asian that yeah. your friends knew. Was that, <laughs> A, was that in like terms of skin color or uh, attitude and... Yeah how did does that make you feel now <laughs> yeah um so back then that was in reference to the way that i acted like the things i was interested in the way that i acted um early on like in high school i was like afraid of watching anime because i was afraid of being seen as too stereotypically asian um and then i listened to a lot of music that uh, <laughs> like it, it like like things like I, I listen to music that 
was as far away as K-pop as possible and stuff like that. And the way that I acted, the way that I held myself, um, I tried my best to stay away from the stereotypes because I was so afraid of being seen negatively or being seen as, um, as like a very stereotypical Asian or something like that. So during that time, um, yeah, it, it was mostly the way that I held myself, the way, uh, the things that I tried to show as like my interests and stuff like that. And now I am embarrassed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm almost embarrassed by the way that I, uh, tried to stay as far away as being Korean as possible, because it's something that I shouldn't be, uh, like embarrassed about. I shouldn't be embarrassed about like the stuff that I want to eat or watching anime just because I am Asian. Like, uh, like now I, I realize how detrimental and how almost like, um, self-sabotaging it was for myself to talk and to view myself in this sort of way because I, I was just a holding myself back from a lot of things that I probably would enjoy in life um but then b it also was detrimental because it made me view myself it made me view myself in a very very negative light and then potentially even view others and view uh just being Asian as a negative aspect uh, which is something that I've had to grow a lot from and had to learn a lot from um, because it made me view myself and even other people who were Asian like in a negative light sometimes. Um, so I'm glad that I was able to grow out of it. I'm embarrassed that it had to happen, but um, I'm glad that I was able to realize that I shouldn't be embarrassed by my ethnicity or anybody else like that. Do you feel you like would... you've been, like, you've kind of missed a part of, like, growing up with that mm -hmm. because of that kind of distancing yeah i guess to a certain extent um uh, to, to a certain extent i think so um because i i think i grew up in a way that i thought was the most sociably acceptable which unfortunately is also the widest way <laughs> and so because of that there were certain times back in high school or back uh not not necessarily college i feel like i kind of broke away from this kind of um mindset in college luckily with uh being able to meet certain friends and then i actually took a class that was um completely about racism and like learning the nuances about racism back in college and i feel like that's kind of where i was able to start taking those steps and breaking away from this kind of uh mental gymnastics of me being like white is white asians are good and then blah 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 um but yeah i feel like i was able to, i did miss out on a lot of things because i just wanted to be seen as sociably acceptable as white as possible by uh, a lot of my peers during that time and um, you know, now I kind of, like, now I kind of regret it because like now I freaking love Korean food because I don't live at home anymore. Um, and now whenever I do have the chance, I'm like, yes, I want to just show it and like introduce it to every single person that possibly had the chance to. Um, and then to a certain extent of like kind of deviating from this topic as well, but like now seeing how a lot of Asian culture is being seen in like the forefront and how Asian culture is almost, like I said, seen in maybe a bit too much in the limelight sometimes of like in the fetishization kind of way um it's it's interesting to me because now i'm almost like frustrated of like well back when i was a kid all this stuff was smelled like it was called smelling weird and it looked like pee and now it's like hipsters are like all enjoying this korean food and posting it on instagram and i'm like cool that's great thanks I, I i wish this happened a few years earlier if that was the case um so yeah to a certain extent i do feel like i was i missed out on a lot of experiences but now I, i'm 
trying to embrace it and I'm trying to, you know, live my life fullest and trying to talk to an American. Um, and also be a little frustrated about how like it is being seen now in this very positive light when previously it had not been. And uh, it's almost like seen as this like exotic sort of kind of, you know, uh, this exotic sort of light, which can be frustrating. Yeah. I don't think anyone would blame you, though. I will say that because nobody marginalized would necessarily choose to be like and so i don't mean that people wouldn't choose to be who they are but nobody would choose to be hated for that the same as like gay people do not choose to be gay nobody would willingly be like yes hate me because that's, <laughs> that's not fun but i don't I, I i i do understand how you feel a little bit at least with saying you know you feel a little embarrassed by your prior self but i don't think anyone could or would blame you for it at all you do what you have to do to survive, and school is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's frustrating. It, it is. It, it does suck almost how a lot of people, whether it is the color of their skin or, you know, like uh, sexual orientation and stuff like that, feel like that they have to almost act in a certain way and hold themselves in a certain way just so that they can feel more accepted and feel like not alienated, which sucks because, you know, it's either be yourself and be alienated or not be yourself. and be accepted which is you know how many how many people really want that for their kids no or for themselves it's uh one thing that um it this has uh brought to mind is um whether or not um how, how do you feel about the fact that um as you said it seems to be getting more popular to uh, be like public publicizing your love of various uh asian cuisine or or so yeah. it, it's kind of like it's kind of popularized how do you yeah. is that do you feel like that's a good thing do you think it's a bad thing is it kind of bordering on I, cultural appropriation what yeah what are your that's feelings that's a really, really good question i I've, so my personal feelings and of course this like differs for every single person but my personal feelings is i am to a certain extent, I am very glad because, yeah, now Korean culture and Korea, uh, not just Korean culture, but Asian culture often is now seen in a different way. And people are starting to understand, uh, like, starting to experience a lot of these things. And I'm glad that, you know, it's easier for me to find these Korean cuisine options and for people to act what they're like and to uh, enjoy these ideas and for people to watch certain types of TV shows or listen to certain kinds of music that I grew up with and people are enjoying because it's really, really cool. It's just like if I were to show my friends like a cool book or like a cool TV show and I share that experience with them, um, but to a certain extent, even a little bit stronger because this is stuff that I grew up with and stuff that I'm very proud of. Um, but, you know, that line can be very, very fine sometimes, just like you said, where it can feel like it is uh, appropriating sometimes of, um, specifically, it's when people who aren't uh, of Asian heritage uh, trying to tell me exactly how certain things in Asian culture are supposed to go, or like, almost like the equivalent of mansplaining. Yeah. 
but yeah, yeah like, it doesn't no. happen that often, but every now and then uh, it does. And then yeah. of course, just like I said, uh, the fetishization of it as well. Um, there were certain times back in college and stuff like that, where people would try to call me pet names in Korean to like hit on me. Uh, and I was very uncomfortable by it. It was it, not by Korean people. I should throw that out there. It was by like very, very white girls who were like trying to call me um, Korean pet names. And I'm like, uh, Thanks. Swing in the mist. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Glad. Uh, but then, yeah, to a certain extent, that that kind of goes back to that video I created as well of like people. I'm very glad that this culture, uh, like Asian culture, Korean culture, is being more seen in uh, the spotlight, and people are starting to understand it better. But you also have to remember that I'm more than just my just my ethnicity, because like, yeah, I'm so glad that this is stuff that I'm proud of and that I can share with other people. But at the same time, I, I don't want that to be my only characteristic that you see when you look at me. And, you know, telling me about how you know a Korean word is not going to be the best uh, opening line or uh, best way to, you know, like introduce yourself to me. <laughs> like that, that I'm a nuanced individual. I have more than one, more than one character trait when it comes to that. I mean, I think that's yeah. very common for um, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of marginalized uh, people. We're yeah. like, we're doing things like this as podcasts to to highlight stories, but that doesn't mean that that is the only element of that person. That's just mm -hmm. the story that they want to tell to spread a bit more awareness or or educate based on on that um, particular yeah. situation. That does not make it the only aspect of them, whether it be disability, sexual orientation, um, or, or um, being uh, um, of a, a particular uh, race or uh, culture. It's, I feel like a lot of people can identify with that idea that they're <laughs> constantly marginalized by that one aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's just, I'll go for it. Sorry, I was just I was just saying because what you were saying a minute ago about the the sort of fetishized uh, fet shit it is awkward fetishizing <laughs> Jack there's gonna have to be a fucking like uh, behind the scenes blooper reel at the end of this podcast <laughs> and it's just like how fetish fetish fetishization of Asian culture and communities I I so I remember being sort of fifteen I went to London one of the first times with friends, you know, the first first time you're allowed to go on a day trip with other teenagers and your parents Aww. are constantly texting you. And it's just like, fuck off, I'm trying to eat chips. Like, but <laughs> there's, a, there's a particular shop in London and uh, it's called Cyberdog. <coughs> and Cyberdog is in a place called Camden, which is an alternative market. Very cool place. But Cyberdog is a sort of... Well, yeah, it's it's a, a, a sort of cyberpunkish store. Lots of bright colours and lots of uh, neon and uh, alternative dress and tutus and lycra and all shit like that. Um, but I do remember being very confused because I went in the shop and looked around. I was like, this is all cool. You know, I could only wear it as an armband, but it's very cool. I like it. <laughs> and you go down the stairs and there's a section which has a beaded curtain. I was like, oh, no. And it wasn't just porn that I found there in this shop. It was specifically an Asian sex shop. Oh. As in, it was just hentai and, but uh, like sex, sex fun. toys with Japanese characters on. Uh, but again, that's uh, th the first thing that I experienced when I went there was just 
I was going to say, that's I think I missed that section of Cyberdog. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's when you get to the second, when you get the second floor, you go down one more floor and they have an actual gated bit, which is just sex toys. Oh list. my god. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. do you have to put in a code? <laughs> no, no, I, I think they just have a bouncer to make sure that, well, actually there are enough people giggling there and playing with lube anyway that it was confusing. But, <laughs> sure but as I say, summers? <laughs> no, that's fine. Oh actually, there's less fetishization there. So... <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it is incredibly weird because this, this was sort of, as I started hearing a lot about more about, you know, anime and different kinds of foods and things like that. And it wasn't as popular in school when I was in school, but yeah, the first thing I ever saw really to do with Asian culture in just a, a place in England was a sex shop and it's not good, but it's, it's no wonder that that's somehow where some some people's first sort of assumptions came from when that's the only thing we've been given to actually like consume <laughs> which is so so weird which is also as you said like when i go on twitch i don't see many like sort of you know asian like asian english speaking streamers mm -hmm. and yeah, it does make true. it very difficult to actually find people to 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 hear from and yeah, it's just definitely weird because now you definitely will not find any teenage artist who has not watched and memorized every Ghibli film or, you know, yeah. or, you know, who knows all about the main few animes and has that list, which is very popular to share of ones that should be hated. And it's just, it feels very, I don't think this is the word, but tokenizing, as you say, was reducing it down yeah. to its stereotypes, mm -hmm. which is unfortunately where I think this whole hate thing has come from especially with one of the more recent attacks in america which is being blamed on a sex addiction yes god that was so frustrating that specific yes. um story was sad because there yes. are a lot of people there are a lot of people who i know and who've shared their experiences both as either um you know a person who uh so okay let me restart this. It, it, it's it's kind of hard for me to word this, but um, I have a few friends who are uh, half Asian, half white, and um, I also have a few friends who are white who have told me about their experiences with their parents specifically of seeing them fetish, fetishize um, Asian women and um, how it, it makes me really uncomfortable to hear, but at the same time, it's also good to like hear this perspective of like somebody who notices this very detrimental sort of behavior coming from their parents of like uh, of like seeing specifically seeing Asian uh, Asian women in this sort of light of like being obedient and being like following certain rules and stuff like that and because of that that you know carries over to uh, to a sexual sort of lens as well of like oh you know it's like the the dom like dominating towards like asian women and stuff like that uh it, it's super uncomfortable but at the same time i'm glad that a lot of people are able to talk about that so that we can start like being like what the hell is this like no you can't think that way it's not it's not okay for us to have these sorts of prejudices and these stereotypes because guess what it leads it, it can continue snowballing into a situation like what happened where you know several women lost their lives because of someone who had this sex addiction with the big old quotation marks again uh and uh thinking that it's okay for him to exact his revenge on these asian women just because his sexual desires and sexual fantasies weren't being fulfilled to how, as far as he wanted mm. it, 
it it does kind of just boggle the mind because mm -hmm. that's one of the things that's and uh, yeah, I don't mean to speak over you at all. It's one of the things that frustrated no, frustrated no. me most about some of the hate attacks that I've seen. It's just that people are turning around saying, oh, we can't guarantee it's hate, because they didn't say they don't like Asian people. And it's like, mm -hmm. use your eyes. <laughs> use your eyes. You are literally, Jesus. like, you, you, call, you are racist because you're looking at people and making assumptions, but you can't look at the faces of those dead and actually come up with an idea? Yeah. Like, no, this, it, it made me so angry. So, so fucking angry. And I can't imagine what it is actually like for an Asian person to have seen this and gone, what do yeah. they mean there's no connection? Yeah, that was very, very... Yeah, that was a upsetting day. I, I remember yeah. hearing about this. Um, and then I could specifically talk about this case of um, hearing, hearing what happened at the massage parlor. And uh, it was... It, I, I had a really tough time actually listening to it the first time because I had a few friends reach out to me who were like, hey, have you heard about this? Hey, did you see what happened? And I was like, I need a few minutes. Uh, like, I, I need like a night to myself just after hearing all this because it did bring up a lot of those uh, memories, brought up a lot of those like uh, like fears, especially because it, it's hard for me to necessarily know, like how, how, how can I know that it's not gonna be like my grandparents next or like my, my parents or myself or my brother or something like that how do, how do i know for a fact that uh it's not going to happen because um around the same time as uh that shooting um there were several churches in seattle that were being um uh vandalized uh with uh anti-asian uh like threats and um that really scared me because i was like okay well shit that's actually really close to where i live and that's really really close to where my grandparents are so like i really hope that they stay safe um so when i first heard all these things i i just needed a second to myself i mean yeah. i think that's entirely understandable it's the same principle as people coming into streams uh and telling people oh so and so has died yeah it's it's, it's like it's don't do that you, you yeah don't do that for a start but it's a case of people have real emotions and they need time to process that to be able to respond they shouldn't in yeah. fact you shouldn't expect a response from anyone to begin with like it's entirely their choice of whether or not they want to put that out there that's why you should never do that on a stream especially but yeah, yeah i mean i can understand it comes from a place of trying to see if you're all right um yeah. but at the same time it's you need to be aware that they don't owe you a response <laughs> True. That's yeah. that's very very true. I, I I think you put it beautifully. Yeah, it's it's something that you have to be very very aware of, because um, I, I I don't blame anybody for trying to bring up these words to me because they want to make sure a that I'm okay, b that I've heard about it so that like I can potentially you know check in with my own family or like make sure that they're okay. Uh, but it is something that you have to be very aware of like hey this is going to affect people differently and you know it might trigger certain things for certain people um so be very very careful and like be very very up where wary about it um and listen to like how the other person is responding because if the other person is like oh 
ooh, that's a little hard to hear. Maybe you should be like, oh, okay, just kind of take that step back and try and understand um, their like social cues to see the, the, how they're responding to these sorts of situations. Um, it can, yeah, it, it's frustrating. It's scary, and it's it, it's. Yeah, I, I totally lost my train of thought of the question that we were originally asked because I started going down this way. Oh, I mean, um, this is this is how it's going to go. You know, we're going to yeah, yeah. go into rabbit holes and such forth. I mean, I've been thinking a lot all the time that you've been talking about uh, how this has made you feel and how it's like, oh, well, this is like, you know, near where my family are or near where I am. It, it, it very much rings um, reminiscent to me for um uh sophie lancaster um where it it's one of those things where it's like yeah okay so you can't specifically say that it's because of x y or z that this occurred but you can't say it's not when it was very targeted and very (laughs) and there was very much those kind of situations and it's it's one of those things that's like well you need to be aware that okay in the event maybe it wasn't maybe these things nothing to do with that particular thing and it was completely coincidental let's try and stretch it to that and (laughs) And just take into the fact uh, into the fact that people are going to identify with it, and people are going to feel connected to it. And even if it's not based on that, it is going to pull those threads. It's going to trigger those things for people, and that's the thing that we should be like it, focusing on. It, even if we don't feel it was that kind of situation, if, yeah. yeah if that made sense <laughs> no no, no, no. that completely that completely makes sense to me yeah like I, what you're trying to say is like even if it wasn't racially targeted even if it wasn't targeted towards a specific group um still be very aware that it can trigger certain things towards people okay like hearing those stories of the uh old chinese lady who i believe i think it was like in la or something who had to fight back um against uh, a man who tried to hurt her because of uh the way that she looked just on the street too which is heartbreaking um like that that was a hard story for me to hear because it just made me think of my own old grandma who doesn't really understand english that well and probably would need someone else to help like translate everything that she was saying and um you know, like, I'm, I'm glad that that, like, I'm glad that she was okay, but boy, yeah. that, that story really affected me and, like, really, really hit me because it's hard. It's hard to hear those things and not be scared sometimes or, and th- I'm, that's why it's great that this sort of conversation is being talked about and this, uh, this life is to Asian voices across the U.S. because, or across the world, I should say, not just the U.S. Um, because it is a certain type of prejudice that has been a bit quieter and um i'm glad that it is being called out especially after everything that has been happening with covid specifically and uh you know people with power and higher up talking and blaming uh, asia or asian people for this kind of um for a disease that isn't their fault uh it's it's good it's good and i'm glad that we're able to talk about it i just i no one should have to fear walking down the street looking exactly. any particular way or no. 
or just sounding a particular way or or act you know it's like it's it's just i i it fills me full of very much rage um that it's even still something that needs to be highlighted but yeah like and villainizing people for for something that is completely and utterly outside of anyone's control (laughs) i'm sorry as a biologist i'm telling you now (laughs) we don't get to choose it people don't get to choose when they uh this is not freaking like fallout 76 we're not like a character creation screen or anything like that yes yes i would like this very deadly disease that spreads uh, extremely well and oh yeah 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 let's 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 go with that technique Uh, (laughs) let's go for it yeah no like no one is freaking choosing that this isn't yep. this isn't their own choice um and then something that i wanted to bring up the rage aspect that you said um i get mad like i got real mad that first day especially hearing about those attacks like people at work people like old people on the streets and like uh, churches and stuff like that um those are the actions of cowards uh, like just to throw that out there and be completely oh, yeah. blunt like you're purposely targeting people who you don't see as threats and you're pur- and purposely trying to target people who you know that you would have the least amount of like potential like fall back on of like trying to hurt and that's just like it, it frustrates me it makes me so mad because i know that these people have such strong thoughts and such like horrible hate inside of them and they're trying to hurt those who may not be able to you know stand up for themselves and stuff like that and yeah that that was a big part of why i needed that second as well of uh, after hearing a lot of these stories that i talked about earlier was because of just how mad i was because how uh, i know like you can tell who they're targeting just because of how they like older people and like people at work like you can tell that they're targeting specific groups if that's the case and it's just like the actions of a coward yeah well yeah i mean what could you possibly fear from someone that is physically incapable of fighting back exactly (laughs) so yeah it's just frustrating it's very very frustrating but uh yeah and yeah, that rage aspect is something that has fallen over time. You know, I'm, I, I don't feel as mad about a lot of these things because I see a lot of people standing up and a lot of people saying you know, saying what needs to be said and talking about it and starting these conversations, like like the podcast today. Um, but it, it's still there. You know, I, I'm I still get so frustrated and so angry at you know people trying to push a lot of this rhetoric and a lot of this. Uh, a lot of these views of how like asian americans are to blame or asians are to blame yeah well um so, oh, sorry. <laughs> no i just lost my train of thought there so right mm-hmm. so there, there was a couple of things there was one thing i wanted to mention and then there was one question i wanted to ask you dan based on something you said mm-hmm. a minute ago uh just to throw off uh drax list of questions and keep <laughs> on toes. um so first things first just for people listening um Allies are going to be massively important in this fight. We can't just leave marginalized people to fight for themselves because that's 
but that's the point. That's the thing about being marginalized. There is usually less of you than there are other people trying to attack you. And so allies are going to be very important. But if there's one thing you should not do, and please, please do not do this. Me and Jack talked about this earlier and we both nearly rolled our eyes so hard we fell oh, over. No. <laughs> do not post a yellow square on your oh, Instagram. I, 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 on the one hand, I kind of understand where it came from in ignorance in that yeah. some people thought they could post a black square for Black Lives Matter. Again, awful idea. All you did was hide information from people that needed to see it. A yellow square is a racial caricature of someone's skin color. It's not that you're trying to draw attention. You're unfortunately using a, 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 a racist symbol, as it were, to draw attention to the fact that people shouldn't be racist. So while being an ally is going to be incredibly important, you should try and educate yourself. And that's what me and Drac are always trying to do as well. And you may not be perfect and you may get something wrong. Just be really careful not to end up posting anything that's actually accidentally racist because that's mm -hmm. it. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> not a good idea. But yeah, just steer away from posting colored squares. If you're going to post anything, a screenshot of a website or a picture of somebody who, you know, is, has been talking about these kinds of things or, you know, an, an image from the media, if there is an appropriate one, just don't don't accidentally go it, with a racial. It very much brings to like, you know, you remember the chain? messages in facebook to um where they were private messaging like your friends um of like pass this message on to your friends to raise awareness about like this uh like various cancers usually mm -hmm. and it was oh, like yes. that does absolutely fuck all other than <laughs> make Jack a meme of an a it, it it no one's no one's formative action you can take you didn't read you didn't listen yeah. you just saw something shiny and said oh i can share this yeah mm -hmm. I can get and some, I can get some clicks that's not what being an ally is i mean we've been over this with like the lgbtqia community as well it's being an ally and in isn't isn't just being like well i'm not homophobic and i'm not racist and i'm not <laughs> i'm not ableist it's a you're actively anti anti yes you are active about it you you are highlighting people's stories you are you are trying to make the world more like you want it to be in the sense of being anti-that. <laughs> yeah, and you don't do that by accidentally per perpetuating racism. Yeah. So it's it's more out of ignorance, I think, than anyone actually doing this because it's lol. And, you know, haha, <laughs> it, it would be funny. We can own the peoples. But, yeah, just, just be careful. And the other thing I wanted to ask, Dan, was because when you were mentioning mm -hmm. about your lunch as a kid, um, mm -hmm. I, I remember seeing that conversation the other day uh, in, uh, like, a, a black community on, on Twitter, like a, an account for black communities to come together and talk. Um, and they described it as a, a microaggression. And I'm mm -hmm. guessing there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Are there any, so that's why I want to bring up along this, like, this yellow square idea. Are there any other kinds of microaggressions that you do see from people that may simply yeah. be out of ignorance or, you know, sort of accidental, they just don't know it's bad? Because those are some of the things I think allies especially need to work on where you don't know 
or you didn't realize or you just think it's funny and it's not a joke if you're the only person laughing yeah yeah so i, so I guess that was my next question up. anyway yeah no worries uh <laughs> I, I think we kind of talked about this briefly earlier about micro uh, of uh, things that i was talking about as like stereotypes um but microaggressions uh, that that's that's a real thing just like you said uh, it is a microaggression to call out someone by their for the food that they make because it's not necessarily something that's overtly like but it's definitely something that does affect the way that uh korean culture or myself are viewed uh oh am i good sorry you guys okay yeah yeah i was wondering because I, I noticed that on my side too um okay but yeah so um but uh some other microaggressions that i even brought up earlier um being called like really smart or really good at math or things like that. Um, I, I, growing up, I was a very studious kind of kid and stuff like that, but there are certain times where like people make that assumption that I'm really good at something or really smart at something or really hardworking at something, um, which is a positive stereotype as with the big old quotation marks around positive. Um, it may be a positive sort of stereotype, but it does also hold that idea of like, holding people of a certain skin color or people who look a certain way as in this very limited sort of circle and only being seen as smart. And then at the same time, that also discounts a lot of other things, you know, uh, because of that, the whole like nerd kind of like stereotype, like Asian, like nerdy Asian kind of uh, stereotype was perpetuated as well. And because of that, that can affect um, like the way that uh, we view ourselves in, in different ways, like our, like our own, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-esteem. Like it, it can yeah, affect it, it, your yeah. own self-image. Exactly. Yeah. It affects a lot on self-image because it's like, okay, cool. If I'm only seeing it's like this nerdy sort of person, I don't feel like the most like attractive sort of person or something like that. And then also, it also holds you to a certain extent of like, okay, if I am not really smart, if I'm not working hard, does that make me less Asian? Does that make me less of like the skin color that I am in front of you? Um, so that's, that's one of the microaggressions that, uh, I bring up often is that like, even though it seems like a positive sort of, uh, positive, positive stereotype, um, it's, it's, it's a microaggression that you should be very aware of or, um, yeah. And then some other ones that I have experienced, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but, um, I, I talked a little bit about it of like, uh, my grandpa not being able to speak English and stuff like that. Um, oftentimes people thinking that it, just because someone doesn't know how to speak English, they don't necessarily, uh, like they're not all there or like that they're confused or they not might not be the brightest. Uh, it's one that isn't explicitly said, but a lot of people do treat people who don't speak English a very different way and like in almost like a babyish sort of way sometimes. Uh, but my grandpa was like a high school teacher who like taught at one of like this the biggest like colleges ever he was in the army and like he worked with a lot of um a lot of soldiers uh, during the korean war and stuff like that uh he's a man who like i respect and like look up to a lot and it just reminds me of that one line from i think i can't remember what tv show it was but uh uh just brings up the line of like in english i or like if you could understand my language i would be like a hundred times smarter than you actually think i am um, because just so much of that is lost in uh, this uh, this focus on uh, you know English uh, English speaking countries oftentimes makes 
makes it so that if you don't know how to speak English, you are seen in kind of this negative sort of light. And um, it is something that has frustrated me over the years because it's crazy to see how like my grandpa, who is one of the smartest men that I know, like in my entire life, uh, is kind of treated very differently or like that one story I told you where someone was yelling at him for not necessarily understanding what was happening um, and being seen and being called like these negative things just because they don't understand what's being said. Um, yeah. yeah, those are the, those are the ones that really jump out to me when I think about microaggressions. I feel like um, in terms of uh, thinking that someone who, who um, is uh, struggling um with english um in a situation is very much a imagine what you uh would be if you were in a different country where the main uh, um language is not english and yeah. you need to ask for help <laughs> you know yeah, I... Uh, can i have a beer uh <laughs> <laughs> The simple ones, hello, where's the bathroom? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, got a handful. <laughs> Doesn't make you any less who you are. It just means that you aren't capable of communicate. communicating in the way that you need to to get the thing across yeah. that you need to. Exactly. And, and it's not up to the other person to... Uh, to have to know uh, uh, the language to make you more comfortable. <laughs> Definitely, I hundred percent agree with you on that. Gosh, uh, it just reminds me of when I was in. Uh, I, I went to Korea. I want to say four years ago at this point. It, it, it was either four or five years ago, and um, obviously, I am Korean. Uh, I'm Korean American, but I don't know Korean super well because I grew up in America almost my entire life. So when I was there, I was like. I would try to ask people questions in my super broken Korean and, and they would look at me and they'd be like, what are you like, they'd be like, oh, and then I would be like, oh, I'm from America. And they're like, oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, that helps out a lot. And then they would like try to talk, like they would either try and uh, respond to me uh, like as well as they possibly could, or they would just like, uh, if they knew any English or if they knew someone who spoke English, they would try and find someone like that. Uh, it, it, but it's really funny to be on the other side of that as well. And, just like you said, like, imagine if you were in that situation of, like, you are thought and you are held to this sort of, like, uh, the standard of, like, you must be able to speak English. If you live here in America, you have to speak English, um, which isn't necessarily true because there are hundreds of, hundreds and thousands of immigrants who don't necessarily have the best grasp at English, but they're still able to live their life. And they shouldn't have to necessarily learn English if that's not what they're most comfortable with. Um, because guess what? That doesn't really affect you that much. <laughs> like if someone's not speaking English, that's not really going to hurt you. We need to stop trying to find justifications for why victims are being victimized and stop victimizing people. Because you can't just say, oh, well, she should have worn a longer skirt. It's like, no, somebody shouldn't have attacked her or, you know, mm -hmm. he, he, you know, he shouldn't have been accidentally cutting in queue at the store. It should, yeah. it should have been that bloke shouldn't have let, yelled at your granddad and should have said, sorry, I'm in the queue. Like, yeah, there exactly. is, we, we need to stop putting the onus on the victims as to why they deserve to have been victimized. Quite often, I feel it comes from a place of um, not being able to um, step into someone else's shoes. Um, being so blindsided by your own perspective that 
you can't that you that you don't step into that person's shoes in those particular situations and think wait a second likelihood is that person hasn't fucking realized i'm here like, <laughs> like yeah. The world um, does not revolve around me. Oh god, exactly. they just didn't realize it's not an attack. My it's... Mom at the bank. What? So my mum is in a wheelchair, and uh, I oh took her into the bank. God. And the, the the manager of the bank was walking backwards to do this fancy showboating to all these like people that were with them, probably investors. And he's got his book in one arm and his iPad in the other, and he's walking backwards doing this swagger. And then he trips on the footrest and sits on my mum, who has one leg. And we're just both like, what the fuck just happened? Oh and he jumped God. up like a shot and was just like, <gasps> and everyone else is like, oh my God, Dave, what the fuck did you just do? And oh my God. I used to think it was really funny. And then I realized like, oh my, that people just need to really be just a little bit more careful with each other. <laughs> like, just... Jesus. She's oh like, my god! I thought you're aware that other people exist. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. I thought you were saying someone purposely sat in your. Oh yeah. Just because she was. It in was the like just, the scariest oh random game of duck, duck goose ever. Oh just didn't know who was playing, and then. <laughs> but this is the thing. It's just more about being aware of someone other than yourself trying to have a, a perspective of, of other people around you. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And I think sometimes it is hard for people to know uh, if they are, if they grew up in a certain way, you know, if you grow up in a very, very sheltered sort of area or area where, you know, outside information may not be as easy to get to. Um, I'm specifically talking about like those tiny little towns where like, you know, populations aren't as, they're not like metropolises or anything like that or maybe internet access wasn't as easy it, it makes a bit more sense where people that sort of xenophobia does come into place and they're like oh well it's not something i'm used to and i'm not i don't feel like as comfortable with like like these ideas but it's something that you have to take steps towards yourself you can't expect someone to i very much agree with that yeah coming from yeah. one of those places uh <laughs> My fa uh, as I've, I've mentioned previously on, on the podcast, my family are um, those people. Um, uh, they, they, are, they are racist. They, they are um, uh, homophobic. Um, they are very ableist um, and oh. they can't see outside of their own perspective. And I've grown up in that situation and I was there and I knew, you know, that's, that's, that was all I knew. I was brought up in that situation but the point is that you are your own person and you can seek the education to to undo all of that it it, it, it trust me it's hard i'm not saying it's like the easiest thing ever to to suddenly reprogram everything that you've been brought up as as a child because i mean children are at the most vulnerable stage and they are brought up in a certain way and it is very difficult to undo those things but it's possible and you should want to do that you should want yeah. to educate you should want to improve your interactions with other people, your your knowledge, your and and I mean, for me as a kid, that 
it was very uncomfortable because I didn't agree with what I was being told, but it was all I was being told and there was no one else to refer to, um, to, to interact with because it was a, a low, it was a place that was very, um, arse end of, uh, uh, Yorkshire mm. with, uh, uh, no <laughs> bloodier, um, <laughs> civilization around with the cows. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. and everyone, it, it basically, how to sum it up is where I lived, you shouted down the street to get my stepdad called John and four mm. people came out and went, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that that was that's the kind of place it was. It was a farm area. It was there was no no one really to work with. But moment I got to uni, it was oh my god the the joy I had of just discovering what what people really could be like, and realizing that. The reason I felt weird was because, uh, um, yeah, I'm not homophobic. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm bisexual. That's why, I feel so. different. That's why I feel different because I don't <laughs> I don't agree with them. That's the reason why. Yeah, and the thing is, is it, it it it's it's possible. It's not it's not something that's you know you're stuck with for life to to just be that way that your parents have told you how to be. It's not something doesn't make you a bad person and having a point of view that isn't necessarily something that a lot of people agree with doesn't make you a bad person. As we always say, it's it's when you're presented with new information, if you refuse to acknowledge it because it doesn't fit your agenda, True. that's what makes you an asshole. Like, True. unfortunately, yeah. a very certain Cheeto colored person crossing out the word mm -hmm. Corona and writing the word China. Yeah. Because it fit the agenda, unfortunately, which is why a lot of this shit came about. Yeah, that and God, that is heartbreaking, and it's it's hard too because a lot of it is. I know that sometimes that people don't necessarily want to believe those certain things, or they do want to grow or like be different people. Um, but it's a step that you have to take yourself. It's it's. Into looking at your own agendas, just like you said, looking back and trying to understand why do I think certain things? Why do I believe certain things? And then growing from that, being able to grow from that is very, very important. And it's a hard step to take. Um, but you have to understand your own prejudices before you can continue on this conversation and like uh, continue understanding how you can help. And then also potentially help figure out why you have these prejudices and grow as a person. And not to speak of you at all, Dan, but no, if anyone great. is a, a white ally like me and I mean, me and Drac call ourselves allies because we <laughs> actively try to learn more. That's not us saying, oh, we're fantastic, because no, yeah. we're just people. But I think me and Drac can say we're good allies because for all different kinds of people, we keep trying to learn. If we do something wrong, we do something wrong. But it's like, my God, if we hadn't learned and changed, I don't know, Drac, whether you had this, this in school, but talking about microaggressions about Asian people. So I don't think I went to school with an Asian person until I was in secondary school, at least. At least. I know I had my first black teacher when I was 14, um, who was my uh, chemistry professor. But I remember there was a fucking, like, children's nursery rhyme that was about Asian people's eyes. 
and you, oh. you grabbed your eyes by the corners and you pulled them up or down for what kind of Asian person you were trying to be. But as a kid, we didn't know that was bad. We just thought it was... And it was normalised. Essentially fucking cosplay, you know? It's, oh, my God. Yeah. But I, I still don't know where that came from. And again, when I got older, I was like, wait, actually, that's really weird. Why... Why is that a song? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. But, well, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I was talking things. about. Yeah. Is that level of... Wait, what the Yeah, where did fuck? that come from? <laughs> yeah. And like, no, of course, I'm not proud of doing that as a kid, but I also know as a kid, I had no fucking clue what it actually meant. True, yeah. And, and if you, if you yeah. did it and nobody called you out for it, then hey, you're just exactly. like, okay, cool. It's just another little silly nursery rhyme. Gotta love that. In fact, the chat may be correct. A lot of people may have been copying things like the Aristocats, which had the Siamese cat. Yeah, which God. obviously the, the breed is correct. They are a, a breed of cat called Siamese cat. Yeah. But uh, the the We Are Siamese, if you please, song. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of very racist Disney. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of very people. wrong things with Disney. <laughs> oh yeah. People oh, are yeah. like, oh, I miss the golden age, and I was like, oh, okay, no, yeah. you, you miss being able to be a dickhead and not getting called yeah. out for it. That's what you missed. I miss the white ages. That's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Honestly, it was easier. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. <laughs> so I mean, no one take that out of context. In inverted yeah. context. <laughs> so many people, so, well, so many kids were brought up with that kind of input in their lives. Yeah. And if you add that to, like, my situation, a family very much going towards the negative side of things, it's it it is no surprise that we still have these problems but the point is is that you're your own bloody person yeah bloody you know I, I, as you said Paige, you got to a point and you realized oh fuck that's some shit right there yeah. get but to that point the, <laughs> that's the point where you get to look back and because guilt's a really bad thing and if you did something and again i'm going to say say it was a a disabled slur or something uh because that's something i can personally speak about i'm not going to speak on race because i am a white british woman I, I, i'm as toast as you get um but if you said something i'm not gonna say that oh you're the worst i expect you to feel guilty i would love you to feel excited you've got an opportunity to learn and get to like learn something cool and actually be proud of yourself instead next time you get to say something and say it right as it were like i think that's a fantastic experience to have to actually be like oh i did it i did it right this time i made somebody happy awesome like mm -hmm. i'm not personally gonna blame you again it is different depending on what the thing is what you have done what you have said i think when but it always comes try and to... find an opportunity to learn I think when it comes to racism in that sense, however, it's the fact that it's got to a point where there is there's, there's just anger. It's just anger now. Like people have have pushed it so far, and it's gone on so long that is it any wonder that people are being outspoken about it, and that you know, it's it there's protests and it it's gone on so long <laughs> and so it's it's very difficult for i i assume um 
everyone who's affected to turn around and go okay well let's let, let's educate you yeah. at this point because that that was like <laughs> that was way 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 back down the line at this point this now is it's it's more of a no you educate yourself that's why i was yeah. only trying to say that speaking from something I can speak on that's never to say that my experience is it's not to conflate say disability and race issues they are very very different I'm more talking about somebody learning that there's more they can learn and that they can be proud of having learned but I mean Dan what about your perspective yeah I mean just uh, just like you guys have said um when it comes to these experiences i I think it just boils down to make sure that you listen to the people who have who, the marginalized voices, which is a great reason why this podcast and like the event that you held was like a good idea. It's like, make sure that you listen to those voices, make sure that you give a platform for those voices, make sure that you are actually listening to those voices and not just trying to like argue back or tell your experiences from it, but just listen and listen to what they've got to say. That's a big part of it. But then at the same point, don't ever expect someone who is marginalized to, you know, teach you exactly how you should grow and how you should be, how you should grow from this situation. Because it's not their job. It's not my job to teach people about how to treat Asian Americans or for uh, me to teach everyone like the exactly like the prejudices that Asian Americans do go through. I'm telling you my experiences, but this is not like i should not be the only person or the only way that you learn about these experiences you should be able to learn yourself you should be able to go out and try and look at your own you know in, uh, and internalize uh, look at all of your internalized prejudices and stuff like that because i can't do that mm -hmm. yeah very much so um it also brings me on to um the next question here um of how do you feel the platform um twitch in general um can be improved um to aid in a in bipoc inclusive environment yeah god that's always hard because <laughs> <laughs> twitch tries really hard sometimes and they just miss it sometimes they shoot for the moon and then they end up at saturn sometimes it's it's weird it's it's so strange because it's hard because on one hand i feel like twitch does do their best to try and like make it as accepting but then there are situations where like you know automod only catches certain words that are super i mean we were even talking about this right before we went live like how automod will find certain words that don't seem offensive at all but let other ones through without a freaking blink sometimes um so i think right now when it comes to twitch i think twitch should be able to elevate and give those voices towards asian american content creators um and give and let them have a chance to talk about their experiences and continue uh you know uh putting uh putting them in the spotlight as well i i think the way that they did uh like uh black history month and being able to give a lot of black creators like a space and a uh platform for them to use their voices to talk about their experiences i thought that actually went pretty well of course they've had a lot of other issues where they run into some issues with uh tr trying to 
do things outside of like giving them a voice um, and running into issues outside of that. But I think just purely based off like trying to give a voice and like uh, showcasing some of these black creators, they did a relatively good job on doing that. Um, so I think that could easily be uh, extended towards other people, uh, other content creators of color, um, other content, uh, other marginalized voices, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think because if that isn't happening, if that isn't being showcased, and if those voices aren't being shown, then it'll just continue being accepted, and it'll continue being seen as the, uh, it'll continue being seen as like the, uh, the norm if people are able, if nobody is calling this out. Um, it's uh, very similar to you. And uh, I have to say that, like, oh god. Sorry, I, I just heard a, no, no, a no. gap there, and I was like, "Oh, okay, is this finished?" No, is the internet cutting out again? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go interrupt. Ahead. No, 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 no. You, you, you go ahead. Um, very, I, I very much feel it's it's the standard that we should we hold streamers to, right? Yep. Streamers are a role model to their community. Um, basically, your community will reflect. The actions of the streamer 80 percent of the time um obviously you're gonna have various people that aren't going to do that but you know you are you are the representative you are you are held to a standard and your community will take from you their you know how they should act so Twitch should really be held to that same standard. Twitch should be aiming to be that role model for its creators, for its communities, and for streaming platforms. Um, and I feel like they kind of still miss the boat on that and aren't listening to their their communities when they should be but i'm hoping that <laughs> that's gonna change <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely think it's gonna be something that will take a while obviously like i don't I, everything and i think that's just in general i think it it's hard to break away from these prejudices and like i said there are a lot of people who can't and have a tough time with doing that or just aren't able to right now but like hopefully with time as time keeps changing as mindsets keep changing as new generations keep growing up and like they're able to see these voices hear these voices and see these potential role models and stuff like that um hopefully we can make a change that way and hopefully we can start working working towards that better you know that that better change yeah and also you know as as twitch keeps growing as well that could be something that uh, follows along with it because you know i feel like the younger generation is kind of like a toss-up sometimes i i guess every single generation talks about you know how oh that how crazy how kooky the younger generation is all the time but Dumb kids I feel, yeah yeah, but that's, uh, I, to, to, I feel like it's kind of a toss-up sometimes of being able to tell exactly, um, uh, like, if, if things are going to continue keep growing or if kids are necessarily listening to the, you know, experiences of those older um, 
but I think being able to have those voices and to give those platforms, just like I said, um, for the future, and it could help those um, help those uh, future generations continue learning. Okay, um, so I have one audience question for us to finish up yeah, on. Let's hear. It. Um, Ooh, sounds good. Before you do, though, I will quickly say, just for anyone watching right now, uh, we are still running our little charity uh, incentive, well, not incentive, what's the word I'm looking for? Charity fundraiser at the moment for Stop AAPI Hate. You can see it at the top there. You type charity, exclamation mark, charity into the chat. AAP, Stop AAPI Hate are a centre who track and respond to instances of hate, violence, harassment, discrimination, shunning, and bullying against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders in the US. Obviously, that's a lot of what we're talking about. So if Dan has said anything that has made you think, given you, you know, education or helped bring you up to speed on some ideas and some things, then do uh, do consider dropping a few dollars. You literally go to the link and you can choose how much you want to donate in dollars. Uh, and that'll go towards the to the goal there, which is part of a bigger fundraiser in itself. Just wanted to bring that one up. Which is awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad that you guys are running these fundraisers. They're always really, really, it, it, it's good to see. And I, I, I talked about this a while ago, but like, uh, it makes me happy to see all of these content creators that I surround myself with to be able to talk about these sorts of ideas and, you know, stand up for what they believe in and like, um, wanting to make that kind of change and like to bring that back to the previous question um I, I i think a lot of people you know whether the size of their platform or um you know like whatever their voice is whether it is twitch or twitter or whatever it might be um it makes me happy to see that there are people who can use their voice towards hoping to make these changes and aren't just sitting around and you know letting it happen which mm -hmm. makes me really really happy Right. Um, so, audience question. Um, in yeah. terms of education, how much Asian, Asian national specific history is around in the teaching where you are? And what can schools do to improve this? Ooh. Well, I think a big part of that also depends on the type of school that you went to. I went to a public high school. Um, and prior to public high school, I don't think I knew anything about Asian culture. Well, <laughs> That's, well, that's a word of wording it. I didn't learn anything through school uh, that had to do with Asian culture or anything like that. Um, the full extent of that, I think, in high school was probably like my world history class. Learning about, you know, like the different Asia, like the ages of China and like a little bit about like Japan. I guess it was mostly China too, which I think about, at least that was for me personally. I don't, I don't know how much different it is. In, uh, in Europe for you guys, but the full extent of like my world history class was like learning how China grew so much, a little bit about Japan and feudalism, and then bare minimum of any other, you know, any other Asian country, a India, I guess a little bit, but yeah, mostly India, China, and a little bit of Japan, I guess were like the full extent of my Asian uh, history classes for me. I don't think we ever had an Asian history class ever in my schools. Uh, I think the closest thing was religious studies class discussing some more prevalent Asian religions, and that was it. But it was by a Christian teacher, so you can imagine how well that went. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, mostly we studied ancient Egyptians, 
and Rome and uh, what a tectonic plate is because apparently that is, <laughs> uh, you know, because that comes into what part of the world is made up of and some places are on plates and some aren't, did you know? Like, cool. Yeah, no. I love, I love ancient history. Unfortunately, I think a lot of schools... That's real ancient history. A lot of schools and a lot of places, obviously, have... Agendas, as it were, like yeah. in England, you, we are never taught that uh, that it was a fucking that you know, we're never taught that Queen Victoria was an absolute dick who stole stuff from many many yeah. other countries and eroded people and you know uh, didn't say anything against slavery and all that. We're just taught that oh she lived for a long time and had a big diamond. It's like yeah, a diamond that came from India that she fucking did. <laughs> like yes. Uh, it's, the empire was not a good thing. It still hurts people today. And unfortunately, I think in America, I know that we often hear things like, that's why a lot of American movies will show America's the good guy in wars, whereas it's not always exactly the case. And England will always show the, the brave like uh, lieutenants going about it with their guns and their, their honourable people. It's like, no, that's not exactly what happened in every... <sighs> A lot of schools teach kids what they wish history was, not what it actually was. And so we never learned anything about Asian countries at all because they were too busy telling us how the white man was fantastic. <laughs> See, yeah. it's interesting to hear, actually, because um, on my side, we got two bits. It was the... Here's the, you know, wonders of the world, um, and, uh, hail Britannia. Uh, <laughs> and you're all the waves, something, 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 I don't know. Um, very much, uh, we conquered the world, and it was very much celebrated in yes. my history classes, and there was no mention of how, um, how bad was or that it was actually a bad thing um oh and and then the wars oh yeah but did you not know we saved the peoples who couldn't save themselves no that <laughs> unfortunately especially in england we are very much taught in our classes that we were the good people all the time ignore the genocide ignore the people that you've hurt ignore the slavery ignore the stripping of rights and the colonialism and the barbarism because that could never happen. We've got a stiff upper lip and a you know a, a very nicely trimmed moustache and it's, and we don't it's... mention uh, uh, women getting the vote either um, because no, that's, no, that's... No, no, no. <laughs> but at the same time we never talk about the negatives that things that happened during that we England shoves stuff under the rug a lot and the, the minute our rug is on top of a fucking mountain because even like... now yeah. I feel like the U.S. is very similar to that, you know, unless you take, like, some of those deeper history classes. You, you, the U.S. is pretty cool. I'm so glad that we helped say, finish up World War II and, you know, uh, the, George Washington was a great man. Let's ignore all of the slaves. And so was Thomas Jefferson. Let's ignore all of the slaves. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's... I think that is often kind of like what you said. There's a certain rhetoric. There's a certain message that a lot of these history classes are trying to push along. History and isn't about what happened. History is about what uh, uh, the country wants you to know. History exactly. is written by the victor. 
That's literally it. And if a country believes itself to be the victor, we'll teach that. And it happens in every single country. And I'm not just, uh, like, again, I can only speak for England because that's where I was born and this is where I still live and this is where I went to school. But as far as I understand, it comes from non-white countries as well. Like, non-predominantly white countries as well will teach that whatever happened in their history was absolutely right and it's you know that is the bit we celebrate and it's only when you start talking to other people that it's like oh actually no this didn't quite happen the way that we think or you know actually this happened actually this happened which is why and this is a, a little bit out of left field here me saying this but it does relate to my schooling this is why you still get people who are holocaust deniers because oh we weren't taught that in schools we were the bad guys or that we weren't taught in schools that we didn't go in to help people in time because we we're too busy doing this that or everything else and, you know, in my school, we actually had a Holocaust survivor come and speak to us. And some people were still like, are you sure? It was like, yes, she's, she's got the fucking tattoo. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. I, th that woman was a fucking badass. She was amazing. But I just. It, it, it upsets me that we don't get to understand the true complexity of history. And by teaching people, not teaching people the shit that's happened. It may happen again because people don't know how to notice the signs. Which is why this, you know, again, going back to our topic of Asian hate, this is why some of what we know now, you know, from what we never got taught in schools, happened between, you know, predominantly white countries and Asian countries, is happening again because nobody ever told them how to stop it. That nobody actually said, by the way, this happened once before. You might want to look out for that. You know, that's Definitely. why you get film, films like Around the World in 80 Days that has, you know, fucking Jackie Chan as a sidekick to yeah. the smart white character. It's like, yeah. that, no, it was, that, uh, you can't pick and choose. Yeah, and I think being able to learn, it's hard too, because I mean, obviously it's a high school or like public schools and stuff like that don't really pay their teachers that much. So obviously they're just going to teach what they have to teach and stuff like that. Um, and because of that, and of course, school is only so many years as well. It's hard to teach someone like the entirety of the culture of every single culture that you grow up in. Um, and then of course, there are a lot of things that are, you know, unique to your area, like I learned the life cycle of a salmon in like fifth grade. And that is something that I don't think every single person in the, even the US necessarily learns. Uh, so like, I like that was like a part of like my history class was like learning about salmon in Washington. Uh, so we learned that and I, I, I always bring that up because it's so it's so different. Schools are so different across like states and countries that like it's hard it's hard for us to necessarily see eye to eye when it's so difficult and um difficult for us to understand the perspectives of other people if we don't necessarily know what they learn and i think you know higher education is a great great way to like learn that like colleges uh even high schools and stuff like that should be better about that in my personal opinion um but of course you know high school or college can be something that is you know too expensive or hard not as accessible for a lot of people um so yeah i think part of it is like yeah, the education system completely like uh, related but also like a weird tangent is like the education system does need to be like revamped and changed in order yeah. to help out a lot of people and help those perspectives and help people 
know where they're coming from. Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on schooling, but we'll discuss that another day, I think. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I never even went to university because it was one of yeah. those things that, you know, everyone was saying, oh, if you want a job, you've got to go. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to get a job now, actually, I think. I'm just going to, I don't really want to pay, because this was right when all the prices were going up in England as well. It's like, I don't really want to pay 30 grand a year. I don't think I've ever, yeah. I don't, my family are all disabled. I don't think we've ever even seen 30 grand. I, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to go get a job in a shop. Uh, and now I actually get to do this and talk with people, whereas, and it's not to say that other people's decisions were wrong, but some of the people I know who went to university dropped out immediately, didn't want it, and now don't know what to do. And it's like, the path you take, just, it's to, it's right to you. But I do agree that schooling needs to be overhauled, more tailored towards people, and actually be truthful. Uh, there's so much stuff that gets swept under the rug and again this isn't against any teachers teachers themselves get told what their mm -hmm. curriculum is and then they put together the stuff and they teach it because they are overworked underpaid fucking shoved in classrooms full of 30 kids whose parents don't give a shit about coronavirus and you know it, it, uh, i really really feel for teachers and what they do is fantastic, but I wish that they were given the license to be actually be able to say, this is this wasn't actually how this happened. Here's a, a five-minute YouTube video by somebody who actually knows and they wrote it. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, the only reason I found out about some of the things that have happened was through a series called Horrible Histories, um, which it was oh. a, set, a set of books. And they're not perfect. They're absolutely yeah. not perfect. They don't have the, the best information they do have a little bit of the yay me pat on the back going on but they did have things in there like during the war this and this happened and these people did this thing and then these people turned up here and here and actually england did this to these people and it was like oh, oh my wow. god wow and then like did you know that people actually got trench foot i'm like no i was told that everyone came home healthy oh what do you mean many people died of infection oh god and I'm not saying we should necessarily be teaching six-year-olds about genocide, but we should teach them that not everyone has been good throughout I mean, history. I, I disagree. I think that I don't, I don't I mean in explicit terms we shouldn't be, but we should be teaching kids that things that have happened in history haven't always been good. I was yeah. reading medical books when I was uh, six. Like, seriously, oh, wow. it doesn't, it does not make, it, it doesn't, Damage the children beyond no. repair, um, says the person with anxiety and depression. And uh, uh, very, <laughs> uh, I was going to say that in a sort of slightly tongue-in-cheek way, but it does depend on the kid. And I'm trying to say, if you're trying to teach a kid a, like a group of yeah. thirty kids, you might want to just have that information available, but also just be like, more information is available. But here's the here's what everyone can digest, and then there's more for other kids that can take it on. Yeah, like I mean, there's ways of putting it that doesn't traumatize yeah but it's more the point of like i think we shelter kids in the wrong ways oh yeah mm -hmm. and, and then that leads unfortunately to things like dan experienced as a kid where you get learned parent uh, learned experiences from parents or from other kids or from tv shows which mm -hmm. kids may not understand the nuance in saying something like your food smells funny like, where did they get that? I if it was actually meant as a microaggression, they got that from somewhere. I very much doubt a child just came up with it on the fly and was like, ah, this is the perfect way to be a dick. Like, it, all, the, all of it is learned. 
and it, it makes me really mad that schools don't actually teach then. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very frustrating. Um, yeah, sorry, we've completely yeah, tangented because I, I went no, out. That's totally there. fine. <laughs> I, I think that's fine because, you know, like the education system is like a big part of like not giving marginalized voices the voices that they need. And, you know, it is something that has to be changed. Um, so, yeah, I think out of all the potential tangents that we could have taken, I think this is a totally, totally good one. Yeah, I think we've got a little longer left, uh, Jack, unless you had a question. I did have one as well. But I uh, no, I've run out of questions. <laughs> all right, so. good. So one I like to ask, because I'm always looking for more things to binge. Mm. Um, good representations of, yes. I guess, either Asian Americans or Asian civilization that's not the right word. I meant like community but also like maybe throughout history things like that are there any sort of standout things that make you think oh actually yeah people might understand a bit more if they watched or read or listened to x are there any things that you just really enjoy Ooh, that's a really really good question that's a really really good question i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of some good ones off the top of my head um just that kind of goes over like asian culture and like how how it feels like to like grow up that way um oh god there's one that i want to suggest but i can't remember for the life of me the name of the movie um i think a big part of it too is like um let me see if i can find it let me do a quick Google search while I'm doing this. Um, I can't really think of any other ones off the top of my head. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that new movie that is coming out, or has come out, I think very recently, of, uh, where's it called? Uh, it's called Minari. Um, it's oh, I've Korean, heard about it. Yes, it's about a Korean family that moves to a southern state in the U.S. and tries to follow their, you know, American dream. Um, and from what I have seen, from, like, the commercials and stuff like that, it looks like a very emotional movie and like a movie that I would love to watch. I just haven't had the chance to watch it off the top of my mm. head uh, or uh, re recently. Um, there was one, God, I'm trying to remember that. Yeah. What about also, ones that really are bad at representation? Oh, really, really bad? Yeah. God, any movie that's a white person playing an Asian person, don't ever do yeah. that. And that's, and I'm not just talking about like those old ones, like was it Breakfast at Tiffany's or something? Uh, I'm talking about like yeah. recent ones as well of like, the movies that have like Scarlett Johansson or oh. um, shoot, who was it? Uh, Emily uh, Elizabeth, one of the redheaded starlets from recently. They they had her playing like a Hawaiian, like half uh, half Asian, half white person. And then there was uh, what was it? Ghost in the Shell with freaking um, yeah, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Yeah, uh, please don't. Yeah, that's just frustrating, and I, I don't know. It's not just difficult like, to find an Asian actress, and yeah, if it is, I mean, you've not done your work. Exactly, you're not you're you're finding the wrong people. Just because you have a big name doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good choice. No. Um, I actually am really excited for the Mortal Kombat movie just because of that too. The first thing that I said when I was watching that trailer was, "Thank God they got Asian people to play the characters," because yes. if I swear if they had like Ryan Reynolds playing like Scorpion or some <laughs> shit, I was gonna be I was gonna be like, I'm gonna yeah. cancel this freaking movie in a second. But like, it was it's weird how refreshing. That was, too, of me, like, watching this big, well, I'm assuming it's going to be a big, like, a, this mm -hmm. big movie from a big franchise actually have 
non-white people as playing the non-white characters, I was like, heck yeah, I'm actually really excited. And it's bloody and gory and really like action packed. This is great. Freaking finally. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, it was it was brilliant. Well, I watched a trailer the other day because uh obviously with a new one coming out, a lot of the film channels I watch have uh, started covering the old yeah. Mortal Kombat movie. Ooh. And Jesus Christ, it's Bad. Bad. It's yeah. so bad. Again, still a decent amount of representation, I think, with characters actually played by Asian actors, which is cool. Still a bit yeah. stereotyped, a bit weird, but it's uh, yeah. It was a slight present surprise, uh, pleasant surprise to see. But yeah, this new one looks fucking excellent. Yeah, Just, and it doesn't. Like, see, it, yeah, it doesn't seem like as stereotyped or anything like that. And I, I'm like, I'm actually really excited, and I think that kind of actually brings brings it back. Is like. I think most movies that are just slice of life and show off like uh like Asian American actors like most of those are ones that really stand out to me just because it it shows that it can you can have an American story like an American dream or just like you know eurocentric like you know whatever it is um you can have those stories and your main character doesn't have to be white Mm. And it doesn't have to be, like, the biggest part of the movie. Um, there's actually this, this is going to be really dorky, but there, there's this three-part, like, uh, rom-com series on Netflix that's called, like, To All the Boys or something. I watched it because I'm, I'm a sucker for rom-coms. Uh, but, like, it, it's about a girl who, like, writes a whole bunch of letters to a whole bunch of boys that she used to like back in elementary school and then accidentally being sent out. And this is, this is really dorky, but the main character is half a, half Korean, half white, but it's never a big part of the movie. And like, it, it, it just follows like this story with like all of like her and her sisters and her mom passed away, unfortunately, but like her, uh, and her mom is, uh, was, she had a Korean mom and she passed away, but it, it still was able to st tell the story and tell, like show that, you know, a, a normal Asian American story act and just so normalized and so normal and it was just fun and it was cute and I, those kinds of movies are the ones that i really like like things like that um movies like and netflix has a whole bunch of them recently too which i'm actually very proud of um oh there's that one movie uh, about oh, go, to go say there are a bunch of like um because you they're going really ham on the whole live action yeah. animes at the Ooh. moment yeah and obviously there are some really 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 atrocious ones that we're not going to mention because they can yeah. go die in the hole that they were uh, formed in um and then there's some really good ones like full metal alchemist have you seen oh i have not seen okay full metal, full metal alchemist, alchemist live, live action alchemist. the entire cast and it was just amazing like it's just the entire cast were were asian and it just it, it worked so well and it just everything was just really really good and i just feel like we need more of that <laughs> just... right. i'm a i'm a massive horror fan and i actually will say three of my favorite horror movies at the minute are all korean yeah and... korean, korean horror movies really good great i freaking love korean horror movies like train to busan is one that everyone will oh, always bring up so good. that film is amazing it does have some stereotypes but it has them in characters which everyone else is just like what the fuck are you doing like yeah. ridiculous like train to busan is the perfect most gut-wrenching horror movie 
absolutely fantastic. Can alive take note of all these because I've been looking for. <laughs> yeah, alive is a fairly new one. It is a Netflix. Oh yes, alive That's is a, TV a show. Yeah, no, no, this one's a film. This one's a film. Um, I think. Oh, what am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of Sweet Home, which is also yeah. like a that's very, also very fantastic. Similar. Yes, that's Sweet Home is amazing. One. But yeah, Alive is a a horror film, uh, set in in Korea, I believe, uh, in a you know in a huge block of flats. Teenage boys are sort of seventeen, eighteen. He's a he's a live streamer, and uh, he gets a text <laughs> from his family to lock the doors, and his family are stuck somewhere. And it turns out a zombie virus has begun. But it's it's just it's basically filmed in two flats him and uh, uh, another lady who lives across the way um and the hallways and that's it this entire horror film is set between two rooms and a hallway and it's yeah, fantastic absolutely brilliant so it, it's absolutely fantastic and the lead actor is very very good as well um but yeah uh, alive is fantastic and the other one um and I'm interested to see what you think, because again, a lot of uh, the, the the channels that I watch, so things like Dead Meat, Found Flicks, uh, oh god, there's so many of them, I can't remember everyone now, but um, Parasite, which... I I, oh my god, oh wait, no, I have seen Parasite. I Parasite, Parasite, I think is amazing because it isn't one of those, like representation, positive representation doesn't have to be sunshine and rainbows, I think for whatever group you're representing. Uh, it's only when it's only, you know, shit but <laughs> it gets very grating but i think parasite had such an incredible message and so fucking well acted it is it's such a good movie parasite's a 10 out of 10 movie um it it, it just because of the way that it um it, it it completely just catches you off guard too which i think is mm. part of it of like how how the movie just completely changes I, I won't go too deep into it just in case if anybody does want to watch it um it's but what? yeah like even just from this conversation like a lot of the movies that i would say that i would recommend for people to like help understand like asian american perspectives are ones that aren't even about like being asian american they're just like really good movies and really mm. deep and like help you understand that like it, it it is it can be normal to just be Asian and in America or Asian and in a different part of the world and like mm -hmm. you can tell these amazing stories without necessarily it having to be in the same language or you know without the main character having to be white and stuff like that. I think representation is just a huge part of it. Of and I get so excited whenever I do see an Asian American in like a um, movie sometimes because I never had that growing up. I never yeah. saw movies with like korean actors or anything like that you know outside of what like lost and then the main characters were like two koreans or, uh, the only koreans in that movie were like two koreans who barely knew how to speak english um, um speak english um so yeah it's crazy and it's it, it's good though i i think it's it's a good kind of change to be able to see um, all the changes that have been happening over I will say, if anyone does want to see one of the weirdest, dumbest representations ever, not because it's like a bad or offensive, but just because it's stereotypical. What the fuck? There is a horror film called Pieces, um, which is a, an older movie, I think, eighties, where there's a serial killer and he's essentially trying to make a Frankenstein out of a bunch of women. But there was, Ooh. I believe, there was. It's 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 so it's it's not gross or gory or anything. It's it's very eighties. 
Um, <laughs> but they had, I believe, a martial artist, a professional martial artist uh, on the set one day. And so they were like, oh, that's a big name. Let's put him in our movie. So it's set in a school and they have a female police officer. She walks around the corner and he's like, the main character, this young lad's like, oh no, my Kung Fu professor. And this fucking Asian man just flies around the corner, does a stereotypical Asian scream and kicks her in the face. And he's just like, what? no, that's my Kung Fu professor. How are you doing, John? It's like, what? <laughs> and then he's just like, all right, see ya. And just leaves after beating a woman up and they're oh all fine with God. it because he's the kung fu teacher and it's just because they had this dude who they knew come and visit a set That's <laughs> really amazing. they just had to work him in they're like ah oh, come on we, can, we need something we need something we just... he seemed really happy about it because he got to have some fun on set and be in a movie but i'm like who just decides we've got an asian man what should we get this man to do i know kick a woman in the face <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't have just had him be, I don't know, this is my uh, science professor, like, the reason he's walking around at night is he's a teacher, not that he's randomly attacking women because there's a predator about, like, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but it was, it's, it's very funny, it's one of those that feels dumb, not nasty, which is why I brought it up, but oh my god, but yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's has one of the most racist depictions ever of an Asian person. They gave him fake teeth and an yeah. accent and a towel and oh my Jesus. I've been an Asian person, yeah. Yeah, so, no, yeah. it's 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 just a, a white man doing a Disney impersonation. So <laughs> Right. So um we'll be wanting to finish up here uh yeah. in a sec. Um I did have a very last minute uh audience question. Um let's go. What do you think is the best way for artists to support anti-hate in the Asian community? Ooh, perfect. Well, uh, do you say artists? Artists, yeah. Artists, ooh, that's a really good question. Actually, um, artists. Well, if we're I'm not 100% sure what they mean by artists. I'm assuming they just mean like traditional like drawing and coloring and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know if they mean specific, if they meant further on beyond that. But I think when it comes to using your art in order to help those, um, I think part of it would be like uh, using your platform to elevate Asian American artists as well of whatever field that you also work in. That way you can make sure that uh, if they run a business that they can also, um, you know, get their name and get their uh, product out there. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that also is a good way to just help you know, creative types uh, who are Asian across the internet as well. Um, I'm trying to think of other ways. You can always uh, donate towards a lot of charities, um, arts programs even, I'm sure would be great for that. Uh, and if you're going to make art yourself, um, use it to raise awareness. Try, try your best not to make it by yourself. I think that can kind of be like uh, further further uh, generalized towards most content creators and not just artists, but like make sure that if you are trying to raise money or if you're trying to do anything for uh, for people who are being marginalized, specifically in this case, Asian Americans uh, or Asian hate, um, make sure that you don't make it about yourself. And that's very, very important. Don't just try and throw a charity together 
or like that uh, purely because you want it to bring more people in. Do it because you want to raise money for the charity or use it so that you can raise awareness about the charity. Yeah, I, I think those are the big ways um, if you are an artist who wants to help out. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming onto yeah. the podcast and talking to us. It's been absolutely amazing. I wish we had more time to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly. I, I no, really enjoyed this. I would love to talk to you guys again. Like this was a lot, of, a lot, a lot of fun. I would love to talk to you guys again at some point in the future when I don't run into tech issues as well. Hopefully. <laughs> it would but, be nice yeah, to have so you fun. actually on cam as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so, I'm so, I, you have no idea how much I was trying to like kick my laptop together in order to try and get this all worked out. I mean, but, I appreciate um, the yeah. effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you oh. stick around for just one minute at the end, uh, Dan, when we're off, I have a question for you anyway, so. Yeah, of course. Sounds good. <laughs> um, can I get some more shout outs in chat, please, for Dan and Paige, my co-host? Um, <laughs> our next one is... Sometime. 22nd of April. 22nd with, uh, of April. With Commander Plato talking about terminal illness. Yes. Thank you. Glad someone was looking in the right place. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, so, yes, we are going to have a week break. Um, finally. <laughs> we've been going for a long time, but yes. We've been, we've been hammering these out recently. But, yes, guys. There is a um, uh, a link there to our um, charity um, raising there to try and raise a bit of money to support Stop AAPI Hate. Um, if you have any spare coins to throw that, that way, then I would very much appreciate it because it is an extremely important cause and... We, we hope that this podcast has highlighted exactly why it's important. Um, any final words, guys? Uh, no, thank you so much again for, um, thank you so much again for letting me part of this, letting me be part of this conversation and for giving your platforms and using your voices to do this. Uh, thank you for coming and sharing with us something that obviously is, is deeply personal. As we always say, like anyone that comes on the show, your your time is the most precious gift you can give because you don't get it back. And to then let us into your lives, in, you know, into your family, into your experience, you know, to educate is incredibly, incredibly valuable. So thank you very much for giving that to us. It is appreciated. As we've said earlier, you know, we don't need to, we don't need to try and educate people as marginalized people, but for you to give your time to do that is extremely appreciated and valued. Um, so yes, thank you for, for doing this with us. Of course. I had so much fun. Especially on a topic that, you know, because I, I was a little worried to ask you, not for you, but just because I didn't want to paint a target on your head and be like, oh, there's a person you can go and harass. Like, no. Yeah. So I, I, knew, I knew that if we were going to ask somebody to do this, 
we'd need to ask somebody who would understand the, the risk of it as well. So, again, thank you for taking that on your shoulders because it's not easy to paint a hey, come and be a dick to me on your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. And yeah, I, 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 I'm really appreciative. And uh, it was, it was a good conversation. I'm glad that we had this conversation. And chat, thank you for joining us today. Um, next stream um, will be on um, Sunday. Um, and if you'd like to keep in contact outside of stream, do follow on the Twitters and the Instagrams, I'm sure. Both, both of the lovely uh, people here are on Instagram. those two. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, yes, uh, I hope you have a good rest of your evening or day. I hope you have a good week ahead. And I will see you guys soon. Say bye, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, all. Bye. <laughs>